1: Everyone. Welcome to Event Time with Connie Podcast. I'm your host, Connie. Welcome to a brand new episode. Well, guys, you know how we do it. Make sure you subscribe if you're watching us on Apple Podcasts. I mean, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you click that subscribe button and also follow us on Spotify um, and share this podcast to your friends and loved ones. Okay, guys, I want to mention that um, about the last session we had of Vent to God. Um, it's a new section that I started few weeks back and the, the last section was quite productive and it went to God for those that don't know is like an extension of the podcast is where women of all ages race and ethnicity come together to talk about the scriptures we read the bible we dissect it we talk about it how it will, how we will apply it in our life how we apply it in in our life in our daily life so if you're interested in Joining the session, make sure you inbox us on Facebook, time with Connie. DM us on Instagram, time with Connie, so we can bring you in. Cause it's gonna be happening on F- Facebook Messenger room, and Facebook Messenger room is like Zoom on Facebook. So that's where we're gonna be conducting the section. Please, guys, show your interest. You know, we should make talking about God cool, okay? So you shouldn't run away things when it has to do with God. If you always run away when it comes to God, you need to transform your mind. And and when you are transforming your mind, ask yourself, where is your source? Okay, where are you? What are you using to transform your mind, to renew your mind? So guys, also I want to mention our, our website. We do have a website, com. Make sure you check us out and purchase our, um, our merch products. Okay, we have um, t-shirts. We have... Um, Phone cases. No, I think the phone cases are out of stock. But we have other accessories like pillowcase. We have um, stickers. We have so many things. So just go check us out and support as much as you can. You can also donate if you please, it will be greatly appreciated. So guys, welcome back old listeners. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome new listeners. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for choosing Ventime with Connie podcast to listen today. We appreciate you. So today's episode, guys, um, it's going to be quite a heavy topic, as you can see by the title. So, um, you know, guys, in this podcast, sometimes we discuss fun light or not too deep topic. And sometimes we discuss topics that are too serious for some people to vocalize in the public, but they do vent about this to their close friends or family members. So um, that's the beauty of this podcast. We break the wall and we bring forth both uncomfortable and comfortable conversation. We vent about behind closed doors. I started this podcast because I feel the need to express my thoughts and feelings that that are valid, but no one intends to allow me to fully express myself. So my goal in starting this podcast is to give voice to the voiceless and a safe place for people to express themselves. So I prefer this to say um, our topic of today will do just that, which is shedding light to victims of child sexual abuse. Although this might come as a trigger to some people, but please do know that we hear you and we see you. Our goal in this episode is not to attack or open old wounds, rather to create awareness to the horrifying child sexual abuse. So, okay, uh, we have a guest today um, to help me break this topic because uh i'm not familiar with this topic so our guest today she's an author of a new children book called abc of child sexual abuse she's an inspiring woman that gives voice to the voiceless through her eye-opening and outstanding book about child sexual abuse ladies and gentlemen let's welcome dr gloria to this show hi dr gloria how are you doing today hi i'm fine how are you I'm doing well. So how is your weather over there where are you um, where we where
2: you are right now? Right now I'm in West Orange, New Jersey. Oh, it's okay. still pretty warm. It's still
1: warm. Oh, okay. I think uh-huh. we're we are finally done with summer and we enter we are in fall right now. So I think we'll start warming up a little bit. So So that's good. So um, who is Dr. Gloria? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Oh, okay. Um, Well, I was born and raised in Orange, New Jersey, and I moved to West Orange, New Jersey in um, high school. And from there, I went to college. I went to um, Cincinnati University. I studied sociology with human concentration, minor in business. From there, I went on to get my master's at Monmouth. I received my MPP, Master's in Public Policy, and then after that, I went on to get my doctoral degree in in DPA, Doctoral of Public Administration. Um, my career choice has always been social services. I went from being, you know, a case worker to a case manager. I'm a child advocate. I'm also a women's activist. Um, and now I'm focusing, um. My goal is to focus on um, bringing awareness to child sexual abuse. Being a child sexual abuse survivor.
1: Oh wow, that's incredible. Because um, that's why you're writing a book about it. So let's start with first um, defining what this is. So our topic is today is a heavy one, like I said before, and I want to define what exactly child sexual abuse is. So according to American Professional Society, they define child abuse in its handbook on child. treatment you can go check it out but this is how it was defined child sexual abuse involves any sexual activity with a child where consent is not or cannot be given this includes sexual contact that is accomplished by force or threat of force regardless of the age of the participants and all sexual contact between another adult and a child Regardless of whether there is a deception or the child understands the sexual nature of the activity, sexual contact between an older and a younger child also can be abusive if there is a significant disparity in age, development or size, rendering the young child the younger child incapable of giving informed consent so Dr. Gloria, you have experienced um this in the past and i hope you don't mind sharing your experience with us can you tell us a little bit about
2: um your experience with that yes um i was i was sexually abused as a as a child i can remember as early as around age two or three wow. and it went on for uh, for many years up to about 11 12 um it was from a family member he was um my great uncle but i'm haitian so he was considered like my grandfather. Oh. Um I was raped at the age 7 and also when I was 15 I was also raped by by another male who, who was not family. He was he was he told me he was a friend of um of the family. So mm-hmm. I trusted him to take me home, but instead he took me to his house and I was raped by him.
1: Wow. That is mm-hmm. that is horrifying. Oh my gosh! So, um, did you were you able to speak to and because you say at the age of two you probably don't know what's happening,
0: but uh-huh.
1: by the by the age of um, um, fifteen you're you're now aware about you know what that was and the consequences of that. So, did you ever
2: vocalize this to anyone during that time? No, no, I um I kept silent up until I was in college. Hmm. That's when I spoke. That's when I, see, I started to seek help. I went to um, therapy. Mm-hmm. My school offered, you know, therapy on campus. So I started seeing a therapist. And then from there, we um, I disclosed my abuse. And then from there, she helped me write a letter to, well, I decided to write a letter to my family to explain what was happening, my behaviors throughout the years of um, growing up. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then a, I believe a few, 2012, and I believe a few years later, 2013 or 2014, I disclosed the other male that raped me because he was a bit older.
1: Yeah.
2: And I was a bit older. Mm-hmm. So I disclosed that as well. To um, that I disclosed to my friends, mm-hmm. not to my family. But yes. from what happened with, with my grandfather, I disclosed that to my family.
1: Yeah. Okay. Wow. That is crazy. Wow. So wow, with the one um going back to when you were younger, because that was a family member, like how
2: long did that last? Was it just a one-time thing? No, it was ongoing. It was ongoing for many years, different locations, um, my house, other family members' house, his house. Um, the rape occurred in my house. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, it went from, you know, innocent things. Cleaning my ears, mm-hmm. he was. Um, in in fact, he said he was cleaning my ears, but he was molesting me. Changing my clothes, molesting me, helping me in the bathroom, you know, molesting me. Um, giving me candy. That was the way. That was his way to, I would say, lure me in. Mm-hmm. You know, kids love candy, so he'll always give me candy or you know give give me money. Mm-hmm. Um, single me out. Uh, make me feel special and that went on from about age i'm gonna say two or three to 11 to 12.
1: wow that is wow oh okay so i guess probably when you went to college or something you grew up a little bit and left that environment that's when it stopped
2: with that one right no it's it stopped because um, what did it stop i believe i believe um because i moved from the city of orange to West orange. So it wasn't as easy for him to mm-hmm. come to my house. And I believe I was getting old probably. Yeah. I, I, I was getting too old for him. I believe um, I was starting to be more aware. I didn't want to be around him. I told my parents that I was afraid of him. So I believe he would probably get getting we of that. I was getting more aware of what was happening. So he started to um, distance himself for me.
1: Gotcha. Wow. That is crazy. It's crazy that you said that he is probably thinking that you're a little bit old. Something must be wrong with him. It's probably liking those that are a little bit younger, you know, uh-huh. and that's a mental shift, right? I don't know what's going on with him mentally, but something must be wrong with someone for you to find someone that young, attractive, uh-huh. or even thinking of any of those um, crazy thoughts. That's ridiculous. I hope you seek help. I hope you seek help because that's not, that's not normal at all.
2: No. Mm-mm. And it's funny you say he found me attractive because at one point I was purposely dressing as a tomboy to not, you know, cause I believe it was, you know, I was dressing too girly or having a skirt on. I believe it was my fault for, for a very long time. So I started to dress more with, you know, sneakers and pants, you know, didn't have my hair done and that didn't matter mm. at all
1: yeah i don't think even those there's no excuse for someone to rape you i know people always ask when a woman is raped or a girl they ask what were you wearing that's just a mm-hmm. ridiculous question to ask because that the babies what could a baby could be wearing for her mm-hmm. to lure you to want to do those things to her there's no reason to define that the problem is with the person that the rapist that something is wrong with that rapist that making him or her to be thinking that way about towards a child or towards a a human being period you know so i don't think there's anything you could have done to you could have done basically in changing your outfit that will stop him from doing that because he's already off in the head already but that's crazy wow so um I know you were talking you said that um you did started when you were a child. I want to ask this. Does child
2: abuse always involve rape of a child? Oh, it's not just rape. It could be um it could be molestation which is touching, fondling, yes. mm-hmm. taking pictures, which is pornography, sharing pictures. It can be um what else? It can be um, showing videos of mm-hmm. sexual acts. It could be talking sexually, showing them sexual things. All that includes in child sexual abuse. If child don't know any better, so you're abusing the child mentally, emotionally, physically, all that is considered part of the um, sexual abuse
1: wow. within a minor. Oh, okay. Just any sexual act, it doesn't necessarily have to be rape. But it could be like like you said, some um non-touching behaviors also involved uh-huh. there. Okay. Okay. So who are the offenders? Because yours was uh, someone you know. Um, but some people would think it's always only um the strangers, you know, so the stranger to a child is it's always the offenders of um child sexual abuse. But um do you think so? Do you think it's only um strangers or do you think is it could be someone that you know, like yours is your uncle.
2: Yes, actually, um, 90% of victims know their abuser. Hmm. Know their abuser. The younger you are, it's likely it is a family member because they're more closer to you. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's it could be a your, your parent, you know, a neighbor, a friend of the family, a family member, a coach, a teacher, a doctor. You know, the person is. Is likely to be a stranger, but it's more likely to be somebody you know.
0: Hmm.
2: And under age six, is most likely, you know, somebody in your family close to you in the home or have access to you in a home. Yes. Yeah. Because
1: I don't think the parents would just leave their child out there. You know, it's always be someone, like you said, they know and the, ch- the parents will not even notice because the parents see this person as a family member that they would never... Yeah it will never cross their mind that that person will do such
2: thing to their child. So
1: that makes mm-hmm. sense. And
2: then also the person will most likely, you know, groom the parent as well. So they'll like, you know, help the parent with rent. If the parent need help. They target, mm-hmm. you know, single families, if the father not there. They will target, you know, troubled kids. They'll target mothers who, you know, need help. They'll, you know, give them money, buy them groceries. You know, lend them a car, ba- offer to babysit, just to get close to the child, knowing they have easy access.
1: Hmm.
2: Wow!
1: Says, so oh wow, that's crazy. So basically, they find your weakness, they find the the um, the parents' weakness, and the same thing they do to that child, and then they prey on it. You know, yes, they yes. just prey on it. That's crazy. So that's how the parents will relax and some parents too when their children speak about this it's hard for them to you know take action because like you say this is someone that they put in a high pedigree you know someone that is helping them in let's say rent imagine someone that's paying your rent and uh-huh. then your child is coming to you telling you mom dad this person was molesting me that you would feel stuck you don't know what to do because you have to be you know homeless for you to speak up but that's that's something. Wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. So do you think um, only young children
2: are at risk when it comes to this? No. Y- not young children, middle-aged children, young adults, um, even the parents because they're, they're targeted parents first to yeah. see if they can have access to the kids. Mm-hmm. It could be any age, any race, any gender. There is no specific person that is excluded you know from this kind of trauma Hmm. wow um
1: but um i don't know that was you know yours happened when you were younger and then when you were 15 years old that's still when you were younger but do you think in recent time this child abuse um, um child abuse has declined or do you think it's still rising or it still
2: remains the same it was, it's still rising um i know um every nine minutes cps get a call cps is child protection services and they have report allegation of of sexual abuse mm. so it's still happening and now that the kids are home because of you know covid19 yeah. they're not able to go to school and you will think home would be a safe place to be honest home well mm-hmm. to me and i know to me as well other kids, home was not a safe place. I was happy to leave the house for any given reason. So I know it has spiked up. And because kids are still afraid, kids are still, you know, in fear, they've been threatened, they're still in silence.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's, it's definitely happening, definitely happening.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, that's true. What you just said is true. Because when I remember when this whole COVID thing happened with t- t- children, or students have to stay at home and go to school and everything. I always think about this. I was like, well, some, there's some children that they use school as an escape. Uh-huh. I was like, what are they going to do now? Because there's some of them, apart from them going through this whole child abuse thing, some of them, their parents is also like quarreling every time. They're, they're not in a happy home, you know? So now they are uh-huh. stuck in home with this, you know, craziness that's happening. There's so uh, I think I heard about this person killing herself or something. This sixteen year old oh, wow. killing herself um out of depression or stuff like that. Cause she had to stay home all day. You know, a lot of people, this is like an escape for them. So I always think about um those people. I was like those children that are their home is already miserable at home. Now they have to stay home twenty four seven. I was like, I don't know. I, I can imagine how they will feel at that moment. Wow yeah especially if you are going through this child abuse imagine that yeah, you'll be, be seeing your victim i mean your offender every
2: time yeah mm-hmm. i couldn't imagine being quarantining as a child i would yeah. i would probably i couldn't imagine Mm-mm. Wow.
1: Mm-mm. that's crazy i think why some of us you know that's why they say wherever you are right now, you need to be grateful and also pray for others because you don't know what others are dealing with. You know, for yours it could be, oh, um, for a younger child that don't have any of those issues, their problem would be, oh my God, I didn't get to see my friends or go to parties. There's some children or people that are worrying about worse things like, oh my gosh, I'll be abused a lot of times more than what it was if I'm going to school. So we need to sometimes... Um, think about others too, and pray for others. So I'm glad we point that out. So, um, you wrote in your you wrote a book, children book, obviously. And and it's one thing to experience such such horrendous events like child abuse, and it's another thing to actually put it in a book. So, um, can you tell us what prompted you to become a children book, a children author?
2: Okay, so actually, I was I was writing a memoir of my life because it ha- a lot of stuff happened to me. I read a lot of stuff. I experienced a lot of stuff, but one major part of my life was um, I was suicidal mm-hmm. for a long period of time. I was I was depressed. Um, my anxiety was was terrible. So as I was writing my memoir, I, you know, I kept I kept going over the uh, the abuse part. And I said, I just won't feel right unless I go deep into the abuse part. And then I'm already a child advocate. I'm already, you know, always. I'm a case manager. I work with kids, I work with families. And the job, the company that I work for, at some point, I could have crossed, you know, company job description. Mm-hmm. And I know I could have been much more help to some of my clients if I was able to do more, but the company wouldn't allow me to. So in my mind, I'm I said I want to do something where I could help kids with no boundaries, with no you know not no censor. So I wanted to write a book um, to help kids and parents and families, you know, get the awareness they need. Um, Educate them about it, and hopefully, you know, prevent it. Because it's possible to prevent it if we're educated. Mm
1: -hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, um, like, I'm, and I'm sure a lot of us can relate with what you said about when you were going around the abuse, you really don't want to talk about it or even write about it. You just do it, like you say, you were a case manager. You were thinking in your head. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So I'm I'm covering up. I don't necessarily have to speak about it, you know. But I'm still doing my due diligence, you know. But mm-hmm. when anyway, and you try to avoid that talking about it because you're still dealing with it. You just didn't want to accept it, you know. You think if you just keep yourself busy and do this and do that, it would just somehow would delete out of your life or something but um i think a lot of us go through things too we know that we can do more you know there's lot that we can do we're telling our story or impacting um people that will help people you know probably survive things that we have survived you know and i think that can be therapeutic too when you were talking about it when you were doing helping people it will also
2: help you heal don't you think so oh uh, yes it does it does um I haven't really spoke about it publicly, mm-hmm. but it's, it has helped. It has helped. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. So your book, um, name is, um, ABC of child sexual abuse. So what can you tell us about the book? Um, because I don't want you to give in, give all <laughs> information. Cause I still want my audience to go purchase it, but what can you tell us about the book? I can say the
2: book is basically—it's uh, not something you can read in one setting. Mm-hmm. It's to like dip in, dip out, cause it's so much, it's so much in there, and it's so, it's so strong, it's such significant. You have to like, you know, pick a pick a night to to go over a certain letter. Now, the ABCs of justice, sexual abuse, basically, is the I use the twenty-six alphabet letters, mm-hmm. and F, every alphabet goes along with a word that has to do with sexual abuse, child sexual abuse. So for example, um, pick a letter. (laughs) (laughs) I would say B. Okay, B is behavior. Hmm. So I put in the book certain behaviors to look out for in a child that would coincide with sexual abuse. So a child could be, you know, peeing in the bed a little bit too much, a child could be, um, you know, have anxiety. A child could be, you know, scared to be around a certain adult. Those behaviors should trigger a parent to ask, you know, questions. You know, are you okay? Is there anything going on with you and that adult? Why do you not like that adult? Why are you, you know, anxious when I say his name or say her name? Wow. That's basically, you know, how the book goes with, you know, amazing images by my illustrator. She's amazing. So we have pictures that will also, you know, help children see abuse through mm. illustration
1: gotcha so basically the, the the book will help people It will help children um vocalize you know what they are feeling what they are going through because sometimes children don't know how to express that so the book like you said the behavior thing they read about it, it was like oh yeah i'm experiencing this so they'll be able to express this to their parents when they are asking right yes yes
2: correct correct
1: wow okay um you mentioned about the parents you know like you said like i gave you the alphabet b and you say behavior when your child is peeing a lot and you asking them the question something must be wrong so how can parents um help in their child's recovery or even um avoiding their child going through this because i don't know if the parents can even avoid it can prevent them from going
2: through this uh, i would say it's very preventable the parent has to be present, and has to talk to the child and make the child comfortable and safe enough to speak to the child about anything, not just, you know, abuse, about somebody's hurting them, somebody's threatening them, somebody's bullying them, somebody, you know, not making them feel comfortable. So the child, the parent has to make a safe space for the child to be able to voice you know, their concerns, be able to speak about things that are bothering them. Because some children are scared of the parents.
0: Yeah. Or
2: some children might think, oh, you know, if I tell my mother or father, I might get in trouble. So it's, it's a parent, you know, due diligence to go to the child and help them understand that it's okay to speak your voice. Mm. Wow. So I yeah. think once we get over that, you know, that hurdle, children will be able to you know speak to the parent and use their voice to say if anybody's hurting them abusing them you know mistreating them but mm-hmm. i believe it's very preventable with the proper education the proper dialogue the proper tools i believe child abuse it, it can end because we're the ones that keep it going to be honest yes where a lot of parents are protecting you know i would to say protecting but are not immediately going to police no, are not immediately believing the child. Why? Mm-hmm. If a child would a child not lie about something like this. A child would not show you sexual act if they're not already seeing it or being taught. Why not believe the child immediately? Got it. So for yours, did your parents
1: believe you want, the first time you told them?
2: Um, well, I told them through a letter. Oh, yeah. So I was in college. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know how they reacted. Mm-hmm. But I know when I came back, um, we had a, a talk. And my mother, you know, being out in Haitian, she was very emotional. Mm-hmm. And it was my father's side of the family. Yeah. So um, I believe he believed me. I believe he asked me, you know, why didn't I tell him? And I'm just like, you know, I couldn't. That's mm-hmm. your family. We were a very close family. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, you know, get in trouble or break the family apart mm-hmm. or. People not believe me because I was a very—I um, wouldn't say troubled child, but I had, like, you know, active behaviors as a child. Mm-hmm. But them not knowing I was dealing with so much, I was acting out. Mm, yeah. So when I did, you know, disclose it to them, I believe some family members believe me, mm-hmm. and some family me- members probably don't.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So basically, the parents have to be paying close attention to their child, not just only what they are saying, but what they are doing and checking their, checking on them. Um, do you think there's a way, um, like apart from the peeing um, situation, what other signs that can show? Cause sometimes the child, like you said, the child couldn't ex- cannot even express it. Maybe they are scared, but what other signs that the parents will see for them to say, maybe there's something wrong.
2: Child will most likely um, be, be frightened be anxious, have nightmares. Mm. Um, to be honest, if it's some kind of you know uh, sexual intercourse going on, take it to the doctor. They'll probably you know examine them. Yeah. Um, they'll have nightmares. They won't sleep. Probably have uh, won't eat. Anorexic um, or bulimic. Mm. They'll probably uh, turn to drugs, alcohol. Um, be depressed. Want to be alone. Um, for girls to probably be promiscuous. Mis- mis- yeah. um, for kids, kids will want to try with other kids. so if kids are you know doing appropriate behaviors, mm-hmm. if they're saying appropriate things mm-hmm. that are not you know children 's language, it's like where do where you get that from? Obviously, yeah. they learn it from you know somebody older and mm-hmm. what else uh, if they don 't want to be touched, mm-hmm. that's a big one if mm-hmm. they don 't want to be around somebody. Um, it's yeah, it's a lot, but those are the ones that I know that are like common. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: so how can some how can a child even recover from this? Like, um, you can help us by sharing your own experience how you recover from child sexual abuse.
2: Um, ooh, it's it's ongoing. I'm still recovering, yeah. But um, I would say uh, talk to somebody writing writing definitely help me if you want to write Mm -hmm. um and just seek helps do what what works for you if you need to meditate if you need to you know do some breathing techniques if you need to you know shut the world out shut the world off for a few do what works best for you Mm -hmm. excuse me but definitely talk to somebody definitely you know let your parents know let your safety person know your teacher your doctor don't sorry don't hold it in. Because by holding it in, you're protecting the pet, the uh Petified. the abuser. Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The scary part. The scary part is, um, when I disclosed it to my friends and my family, I thought I was the only one, but I wasn't. Wow. I was not the only one. Clearly, I wasn't the first nor the last. Mm-hmm. So. For me to be, you know, young age, I have, you know, a sister. I have, we had friends, a lot of us, a lot of girls. We were all best friends, but we kept that one secret, you know, from each other. Hmm. It was just like, I'm still to this day trying to understand. We would tell each other everything besides, you know, something so important as that. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is why yeah. I write the book to, like, just to help kids talk.
1: Yeah, I think also why you guys didn't speak about it or in other cases will not speak about it because uh, maybe they have a little bit of, um, they're ashamed of themselves maybe or they feel like it's their fault,
0: you know, for yes, them.
1: Yeah. I think that's probably why they will not want to speak about it. Yes, I mean, could be, yeah. could be. Yeah, oh wow, that's crazy. What about those? Like, I know there's some kids or adults that will finally speak up about this child sexual abuse or even rape or whatever. Um, what do you say to those people, um, those individuals that sit in their home or behind computers attacking or bullying victims of child sexual abuse? I'm okay, can I
2: repeat that?
1: I say, um, like, um, you know, when um, some children or adults that, like, you are now, you will, um, vocalize what you have went through, your experience as uh-huh. ch- child sexual abuse. Where well, there are some individuals out there that will be, be that will be hiding behind their computers or something that will have something negative to say about you coming out. So, what do you have to say about those people?
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nothing. It's not. I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing this for children. So Mm -hmm. rather you, you know, upset about it, I don't know. I I really I it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I spent a long time being afraid to come out. That's true. So it's not for you. If you have kids, I would hope you would not want them to be quiet. That's true. That's all I could say. If you have sisters, if you have, you know, even not even sisters, brothers, if you have children in, in your life, I would hope. You would not want them to be quiet. So if you think that I shouldn't have spoke out, just ask yourself, would you want your son or your daughter to not speak out also and keep protecting the abuser to keep going on That's for true. years?
1: That's true. Yeah, because you said before you weren't the only one. The guy was doing that, you know, because um, he it's probably started somewhere and they didn't stop him. So he continuously kept... keep kept doing it to several children. So if you they would have stopped him the first time, um there's high chances that he probably won't do it to another child. So it's always good to speak out. Um so we should we will just ignore those negative people. They probably bitter in their life that's why they're trying to attack because I don't see a reason why you even want to do that to someone that went through such um horrendous um experience. Um just to end this whole thing, um I would like you to give words of encouragement to um someone that's going through this let's say a, a, a parent uh, a parent or family members to the person or just the person as an adult now that have experienced this child sexual abuse will give what what are some words of encouragement that you can give
2: to them? Um I would love to say um you know for those who have been abused you know I, I'm truly sorry it happened to you. I know it's a very 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 emotional and bad experience. I wouldn't want nobody to ever have to deal with anything around sexual abuse. Um, I want to say taking action isn't easy, but it's very important. And when you speak up and speak out, you're not only saving yourself from, you know, depression and, you know, being sad, you're saving other kids from going through what we, we had to go through. Yeah.
1: That's true. Wow.
2: And that if nobody else says it, I believe every person who ever says they've been harassed, they've been molested, they've been raped, they've been assaulted. I believe you.
1: Wow. Yes, we see you. We hear you. If anyone else, but we we still believe you. I know there's so many um people out there that will try to pull you down and make you feel bad for even speaking up the first place. But don't let it. Don't let them stop you. You have to think about the bigger picture, you know. You're trying to help a lot of children uh, that are going through this, but they are scared. If you find that courage, if you muster that courage to speak up, do it. You know, just when you are doing it, think about those children, how you will impact their life, you know. And don't think about what other people will say when it comes to um negative feedback. So um, it was really nice talking to you, um, Dr. Gloria. Um, this interview was quite informative and insightful. I don't know. I know a lot of people will appreciate listening to this. It could be like a family members that probably have been suspecting or not aware. So they will have their nephew, their cousin, or whoever it is, that a child around them that might be you know, like you say, always a, a, a frightened, and um, the parents probably haven't noticed, but you as a family member can notice that and point that out. So, um, a lot of people will definitely benefit from this episode. And thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. I know it wasn't an easy thing for you to do, but thank you so much for doing that.
2: You're welcome. You're welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. no problem so we have come to the end of this um topic so i want us to just relax and play a game because i always like to play a game with my with my guest so um today's game i'm probably gonna change it up with you i told you um rapid fire question but uh, we're gonna keep it um short and simple i will play two truths and a lie so um (laughs) you can tell us three things about you and one of those three things will be a lie, but I have to guess which one is the truth and which one is a lie. So you get the game?
2: Yes, I got the game. Got gotcha.
1: you. Uh-huh. Okay, now go ahead. Give us the three things.
2: Okay, uh the two truth and a lie. Let me see my... Okay, so... Hmm. <laughs> All right, so I am 26 years old. Um, I have a daughter and... Oh, and my daughter's
1: name is Asaya. Okay. That's kind of a hard one. I would say, okay. I think you do have a daughter because you did talk about your child at some point during this interview. So I would say that one is a truth. You do have a daughter. Now, if her name is Asaya, I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> i would probably say yes to that. I don't know if that's an, I don't know. I'll just say yes to that. But the 26, you being 26. <laughs> I don't think so. You're right. I am not 26. (laughs) That's the lie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So your daughter's name is Asaya. That's a beautiful name.
2: Yes. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Dr. Gloria, do you have any upcoming events or business that you want to promote?
2: Oh, yes. I don't have no um, upcoming events yet, but I do have my book, um, ABC's of child sexual abuse Mm -hmm. um we're taking pre-orders november 1st on the website dr gloria bozar spelled Mm b-o-z-o-r dot org um as well we have a safety toolkit that goes along with the book we have um bookmarks we have stickers um, we have magnets, we have whistles. We have conversation cards for the parent and the child to uh, start the conversations. We have um f- activities for the kids to go to do with the um parent and or you know educators, professionals, caregivers. I also have a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Dr Gloria big little talk um and that's where I'll be you know talking about conversations that that um similar to sexual abuse give the parents the language to have the conversation with the kids, give them some tools, and with as long, not as long, sorry, as well as other conversations that um children experience as a child. Um, and also, I would like to say to um people from New Jersey, mm-hmm. for those of you that are still, you know, in silence, know of abuse that is happening, um or is a victim of abuse. Um, the hotline number is one eight seven seven NJ abuse mm-hmm. and that's one eight seven seven six five two two eight seven three. You could call, you know, anonymously and um, you know, protect one child at a time.
1: Yes. Yes. And guys, um there's a lot of um 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 toll free number for the abuse the abuse hotline check with your state which one it is for your state and uh, there's help out there there's a lot of people that are willing to help you and um guys please do check out parents please do check out um um dr gloria's book abc what's the name again abc of child sexual abuse of child sexual abuse check it out and go purchase it because your children um you know might not know how to speak about it not not, might not know how to vocalize about it how you are teaching them training them to do this to do the right thing and everything you have to also train them how to speak up okay and god forbid hopefully they're they're not experiencing that but um you want to at least stop it early you know we always want yeah. to prevention. It's always better than cure. So, guys, go purchase it. We will have the website to Dr. Gloria's um, book on this um, episode, on the details of this episode, the description. So, make sure you click the description of this episode. You'll get all the links to the book and on her website. You can pre-order it now before it's released. And, um, and on her website, too, so you can get more information about her, her upcoming books you know, our upcoming things that she planned to do. So you can keep updated. And also her YouTube channel. You have her YouTube channel also link on this episode. All you need to know about Dr. Gloria, our guest today will be on the description of this episode. So guys do, do make sure you go check her out and go purchase the book if you can. So thank you so much, Dr. Gloria for coming once again, it was quite a um, insightful conversation we had and, um, I really, really do appreciate you coming because this conversation is a needed conversation mm-hmm. to have, especially as a young parent. You know, uh, of our age or even younger than us, that are just approaching this, um, um, approaching first time. You know, parenting. You know, they don't know how to go about it, but it's good to. Or learn new things on how to connect with your children, you know, so we can avoid these things that be happening from generation to generation, you know. So, you know, it's good to create this awareness. So, thank you so much for um, having this conversation with me.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank I you. I had a great time. Me too.
1: Okay, guys, we have come to the end of this episode. I hope you had, um, you, Enjoy this episode, and um, we'll be bringing you a lot of um, um, needed conversation like this. You know, uh, every every week. You know, sometimes we'll have a good time. We'll have a light conversation. Sometimes we'll have a deep conversation because we need that balance in our life. So guys, thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you come back for more episodes every Tuesday. And make sure you you check out our live stream. We're streaming weekly on Saturdays at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. Make sure you come join us live so we can talk about business, starting a new business. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.